fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I have an inkling that this infrastructure package at the federal level is going to pass and going to pass relatively soon. I'm a little concerned. I've been advocating for many Republicans to just flat out say, no, don't do drugs. Don't pass infrastructure bills. <laughs> Why? Because it's not going to be a good bill. Welcome into the program. It is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Thanks for joining us today, your millennial general reporting for duty the way we do every single day. We have a lot to get to. I'm going to call this the Madness Tuesday, the Post-Madness Monday, because we do the Post-Monday celebration, but it's the Post-Madness today because it's crazy as we go through the day. At the bottom of the hour, Angelica Contreras, she's an activist, she is a mother of three, Cuban-American She'll be joining to talk about the rebellion, the fight that's going on down in Cuba for freedom as they try to finally wake up against the socialist utopia that they have down there. And we'll kind of get her story and what's going on down in Cuba and get the latest from there. We have infra- uh, infrastructure that is officially on the Senate floor. We have Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but still yet entertaining nonetheless. And the latest on what the government's trying to do to you to make sure that you're a decent citizen in this country. We'll get to all that and more. Welcome in. You can watch us on our live stream all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv. Also on OurFreedomBook.com, Instagram, TikTok, all of it at Hoosier Reason. And, of course, the website at HoosierReason.com. Earlier today, we sat down, and I want to play this interview. We sat down with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from right here in the state of Kansas. And the reason I say that I think this infrastructure package is going to pass is because now there are some Republicans that feel that it is a semi-decent bill and that they're open to supporting this thing, including, uh, I think, unfortunately, Senator Roger Marshall. I don't agree with this. Here's why. And you'll hear it in the interview. I want to play it in just a second here. But it talks about how the Democrats in the in the committee had cut out a lot of the spending and a lot of the porculus, a lot of the Green New Deal garbage that was in there. And it's strictly for infrastructure now for the most part. I still don't like it because I don't trust that because I still think there's a lot of shadiness in there because there will always be shadiness in a bill coming out of Washington, D.C. And personally, I know this is unpopular, even among many Republicans. Totally get it. Totally okay. I'm not a fan of federal government spending much on infrastructure anyways. I think it's more of a privatized thing. I think it's more of a state thing where the states should be working on their stuff. I don't think personally, this is my personal opinion, like it, don't like it, it's totally okay. And I understand the arguments against that. I definitely do. I'm just more of a little step-down type of government kind of guy. That's just the way I am. Some people are absolutely against it. Some people are like, you know, Andy, we need infrastructure in the country to run smoothly. It's going to save us money. It's going to have better roads for for traveling or for, you know, semis to be doing their thing. I get it. Understand it. I still think it should be down at the statewide levels. I think most issues should be back down to the statewide level. And that's my personal opinion. So I don't advocate for it because I still know there's probably some shadiness in there. It's going to open up the door to other bills that they're going to try to ram through. And I just don't like the government spending this much money already anyways. Nonetheless, I have a feeling it's going to start moving forward and we're going to see this go through the Senate and get rammed through into the House here relatively soon. Um, The latest 
According to Fox News, bipartisan infrastructure bill includes $1 billion for commission run by Manchin's uh, wife. Of course. So, again, are we ever concerned or ever surprised when some shadiness is going into the bill? No. But we sent down to U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from right here in my home state, where our flagship is, right in the state of Kansas, as he talked about it. Now, he's been avidly against this bill, now opened up to it. Uh, so he talks about that, along with the latest vaccine mandates coming from the federal level for all federal employees to get the vaccine. We talk about that and more with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall. U.S. Senator from the state of Kansas here, Mr. Roger Marshall. Senator, how are you, my friend? Andy, it's good to talk to you. Yeah. Lots, and lots of news today, and hopefully we can uh, enlighten some of your listeners and, and share the story of what's happening up here. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the time, and I know you guys are really busy. The big news, of course, the last couple of days has been that the infrastructure bill has officially gone to the floor of the Senate coming out of committee thinking that they found some type of compromise, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in spending in certain aspects. They think they can find the money from elsewhere to fund this. What's the bill look like right now? I'm sure it's going to get tweaked and modified as the debate goes on, but where is it at right now? Yeah, Andy, I think that we've got a decent bill and we're trying to make it better, make it something that Americans would be proud of. What they're asking for is about $550 billion of new dollars. Um, and the, the, the big focus on this bipartisan bill is indeed classical infrastructure. A lot of the monies would go to roads and bridges. I'm still concerned about how we're paying for it. Uh, there's a couple, about half of the money is going to be repurposed dollars from the previous COVID uh, relief bills. Uh, we would like to kind of raid those coffers a bit more, if you know what I mean. So uh, we're in the amendment process, and we'll see how this salami looks when it's all done. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting process. Now, I know originally they had a lot of Green New Deal type of initiatives in this, trying to lump in social programs and environmental pro uh, programs as, quote-unquote, infrastructure. Is that stuff still in the bill right now? You know, minimal. I think that they're going to do most of those social programs. I make no mistake about it. When they talk about human infrastructure, they're really talking about socialism. So they're they're going to put that on this on this partisan bill, which they hopefully get slammed through. But I'm seeing it's having some problems as well. There are some monies in this current bipartisan infrastructure plan for some uh, electric infrastructure for charging stations. Uh, I would prefer it not be in there. But, but that indeed there are some dollars towards that. Now, on the same front, I know that we're still dealing with the COVID stuff. I know the economy is still a little shaky. We see inflation out of control right now. Uh, with this type of spending, how would this affect the economy? Is this going to uh, create some new jobs? Is this going to create more inflation based on the spending? I mean, what could this do in the long term? Right. So the bipartisan bill we're looking at are dollars that will be spent two or three or ten years from now. So I don't think that this bipartisan bill would add anything to inflation. However, if they would do the reconciliation bill with just 50, uh, 50 Democrat votes, yeah, if it's 5 or $7 trillion, if, if Bernie Sanders has his way, they'll balloon that into a $7 trillion bill <laughs> of social spending that will definitely just throw gasoline on the fire and impact inflation. Uh, it's going to raise your taxes. They're talking about getting rid of 1031 exchanges, getting rid of stepped-up bases, uh, raising taxes on hardworking Americans, and you know, that's going to kill jobs as well. So I, I think that there's uh, it's all in moderation, if you will. And that's why, uh, you know, I think that this $550 billion of new money is an investment. It would be an investment on our children's future. There would be a return on that investment as well. But what the Democrats are pushing for, their, their 5 or $7 trillion bill is, is true socialism, making people more dependent on the government, uh, would kill jobs, raise inflation, 
uh, you know, you better grab your wallet. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're talking with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from right here in the state of Kansas. Uh, what's the time frame on this right now? I know you guys are obviously just starting the process on the floor, but is there a time frame they want to have this thing passed and sent to the House? Yeah, I think there is. I, I, yeah, we're, we're certainly in the middle of the amendment process now. Theoretically, we could have a vote on it Thursday. And you realize, you know, the, the Senate, Congress doesn't do anything unless there's a gun at their head. Uh, there's a, a funeral Friday. Senator uh, Inzi up in Wyoming uh, passed away recently, a retired senator. And so I think people are trying to figure out how to get that funeral and uh, yet get this legislation finished up at the same time. Interesting. Let's shift gears a little bit here. The other big news, of course, that came out this week was the federal vaccine mandates from Joe Biden and mask mandates and uh, for all federal employees. I know he's gotten a lot of pushback from the Postal Service and from uh, the IRS Department and some other agencies as well, requesting that not be the case. Uh, what's your thoughts on this now that we're going a little bit more uh, strong arming individuals trying to get this COVID-19 vaccine? Well, well, look, I'm against mandates. I'm against mandates, whether it's a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. Instead, what the federal government should be focused on, what they could do to help more than anything else, is to get full FDA approval of the current vaccine. That would kill two birds with one stone. There's a group of people out there uh, that have said they would get the vaccine once uh, once they receive full approval. But I think even more importantly, we need to be focused on the vulnerable people that are going to have breakthrough infections from this virus. Breakthrough meaning they've had both vaccine shots, but you're going to see breakthroughs with this Delta variant. Those people at risk need a third shot, a booster shot. And again, that's between you and your doctor. But I think there's a lot of evidence from Israel, from the European Union, from Great Britain to say that we're going to see a lot of a breakthrough. So the at-risk people, people that are senior citizens, uh, other younger adults that have underlying health care conditions and children with serious, serious underlying health care conditions. So the FDA has, its jo- has a job to do. Um, and, and we can set up here and jabber and argue and do public service announcements, but really, that's what the federal government could help. We need to address the people that are at risk and try to, to catch some of those people that still haven't had the, their vaccine yet. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I know a lot of people, I mean, myself, I have not gotten the vaccine. I'm hesitant to get the vaccine. And I think that the news coming out of all these breakthrough cases, we saw up in Massachusetts, 74% of cases up there, the Delta variant are breakthrough from vaccinated individuals. That's kind of deterring a lot of people of, well, what's the point of getting the vaccine if I'm still going to get the virus, if if I can still spread the virus, and if I still have to wear a mask? Yeah, well, Andy, again, I think this is, it's a really technical, you know, discussion. I think that each person has their own health care conditions. That's why you need to talk to your doctor. But I'm telling you, these breakthrough uh, infections are because your antibodies are dropping, that the vaccines only last for so long for some people. And you may be different than me. If you're young and healthy, I'm not worried about it. But if, you know, my parents, 83 years of age, they, as soon as they're eligible, they're going to go get their third shot yeah. uh, to, to get a booster, much like you need a uh, you know, you got that tetanus booster. Or there's other vaccines you needed boosters. It looks like you're going to need a booster if you have serious underlying health conditions or if you're a senior citizen. Sure. I love it. U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, I know you're busy. You're on the floor. You're out in the hallways doing your thing right now. Keep up the fight, my friend. I don't want to hold you up too long, but thank you so much for the yep. time. I know you guys are extremely busy. We'll get you back on the show again real soon. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for uh, giving us a chance to tell the story up here. All right. That's U.S. Senator Roger Marshall. A lot to dissect there. I know it was a quick interview, but we have a lot to break down from that discussion, and we appreciate his time very much. I love it because this is the second uh, elected official in Washington, D.C. that has stepped 
off of the floor of debate to go into the hallway to call into the program. So it's awesome, and we appreciate that and love them to death. So uh, even though I, I there's a lot to break down and think about with that interview and with that discussion, first off, the infrastructure bill set to be voted on, it sounds like on Thursday this week before a lot of them leave town on Friday for a funeral uh, of a former elected official. And uh, the fact that we're going to vote on this on Thursday, that's a concern to me. It's a $1 trillion package with $500 billion worth of additional spending, even though it's budgeted out two to three years out right now. Uh, that's money that we don't have, and that's a lot to look at, and that's a very large bill. And to look at the details, it's kind of another cramming everything in and voting on it to see what's actually in it to break it down and dissect it after it's already done and it's into law. I don't know that I like that. Now, obviously, it's going to go to the House of Representatives. They're going to look at it. They're going to tweak some things. They're going to modify it, and then it's going to go back to the House or back to the Senate. So we're going to have some time, but it sounds like they're moving very quickly on this one after sitting in committee for a very long time. Why? Why is it such a rush to get this done? I'm very concerned about Republicans getting a little soft on these issues. We started to actually stand strong a lot on a lot of issues. We've seen the Republicans do their protest against the masks at the Capitol. We've seen Republicans start to butt heads with Nancy Pelosi and strong arm hurt just a little bit in the House. We're seeing the, the power that we do have as Republicans in the Senate. Don't go soft on us now. Don't go soft. There's a lot of porculus still in it. We could trim that down to maybe half of what this bill actually is. We don't need to move money from COVID, although it's unnecessary. Give it back to the people. Why reallot it when we could give it back to the people, but instead, I, I don't know. I'm very hesitant. I don't like this bill. I just, I don't like it. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today in a post-Monday celebration, the chaotic Tuesday that we're in right now. So this infrastructure package, I'm going to say hard no, and hopefully we can call again, call all of your elected officials, your senators, your House members, when it gets over there, because it sounds like it's going to by Thursday. Tell them a hard no on this bill. I know that uh, Senator Roger Marshall, and we appreciate him. I love him to death. He's a good friend here in, here in Kansas. I'm going to disagree with them on this one. I do not like this bill. It's a terrible bill, and a lot of the porculus has not come out. Here's what it is. In a breakdown, according to the New York Times, here's the breakdown of what's actually in the bill. So you know, a $1 trillion bill, $500 billion of new spending, $500 billion allotted from COVID relief funding that they're trying to find ways to spend because they spent too much when they passed the original bills. So this is what's in it here. Uh, According to the New York Times, out of $1 trillion, let's start knocking it down, $110 billion will go to roads, bridges, transportation programs. Now, if you're going to do an infrastructure bill, that should be it. If you're going to do it, anything, and if you're going to pass any type of infrastructure, that should be $110 billion going to roads, bridges, transportation. That is the infrastructure. Nothing else. I don't want to hear about anything. No, just that's it. That's it. And $100 billion, if you're borrowing two, three hundred, four hundred billion dollars from COVID relief, you do that. It's already spent. It's already done. Boom, the project's over, and let's move on. But that's not it. Uh, as we had mentioned, they've gotten some of their clean energy uh, enviro- environmental garbage out of the program and out of the bill, yet there's still $73 billion for clean energy makeovers of the electric grid. Why? Putting in electric vehicle charging stations, climate resilient programs, uh, flood control, funding for investment in new technologies, including carbon capture. That's not what an infrastructure package is supposed to do. Anything that has to do with green energy, investing in new technologies, that's not the government's role. That's private sector's role. I would vote hard no on this. Andy, you need to compromise a little bit. No, I'm tired of compromising. I'm tired of Republicans always compromising. We tell them, no, we're not going to do this. Democrats, all right, fine. They take 10% of what they want away. They still get 90% of their porculous crap. And they're like, oh, we're working together here. We're holding hands. We're singing kumbaya. It's going to be a great time. I'm done with it, man. Over it. Stand your ground. Get a backbone. Stand up and say, no, you are not getting a single pet project that you want. No, you're not getting a single porculus bill that you want. No, no, that's a bad Mr. Kitty. You're not doing it. $65 billion budgeted for broadband. Again, I think that's more of a state and privatized issue instead of a federal government issue. I can kind of sort of maybe semi understand that argument. But again, tie that in $65 billion plus the 110 for the road bridges and transportation programs. You're still under $200 billion that they're borrowing from the COVID. You spend on that, you're good. Amtrak getting $66 billion. No, no, no. That's a bad Mr. Kitty. Not going to get six. No. Why would you spend billions of dollars on Amtrak? Amtrak's a failing program. It's always been a failing program. People are done riding trains, unfortunately, even though it's kind of cool. And I've done it once or twice myself. It's a failed program. It's like the post office. It's it's subsidized. It's inflated up. It continues to be held up by the government. But it's a crap program and no one actually likes it. Well, if let it fail. If we're wasting money on it when no one uses it and it doesn't sustain itself financially, let it fail. Find something new and move on. Here's the kicker. Cryptocurrency when it comes to taxes. 
A provision intended to raise $28 billion in taxes from cryptocurrency transactions is in the bill as well. Meaning all those cryptocurrency, digital currency people that like to trade and not have to spend a lot of tax money on that, the government's now getting their hands into the cryptocurrency the way they've wanted to for very long. And please explain to me, New York Times and Democrats and those that are supporting this bill, what taxing cryptocurrency has to do with an infrastructure plan on roads, bridges, and transportation. I'm curious because this is just a power grab for you to say, oh, another industry we're not making money on. Guess we need to tax it. Let's throw it into a bill, and if you don't like it, then you hate people because you want them to fall off bridges. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, it goes by so fast. we got so much to talk about today and not enough time to do it all. We'll try and cram it in the best that we possibly can. Welcome into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. The power hour of talk radio. That's what it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason all over the place online at HoosierReason.com and social media handles at... Who's your reason? I want to get right to our next guest. So I, apparently we're like really cool and awesome and important and stuff because we just had a Senate, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall on the show beginning of the hour that stepped out of the floor to go and jump on the phone with us in the hallway to talk to us. And that's exactly what's going on with our next guest as well. So apparently we're right in the middle of the action with everything that's going on all over the country. What's trending today? I'm excited to have on the program, as you know, and it hasn't really made the news lately, but I think it's extremely important to remind everybody of, to talk about, and to focus some attention on, because as you know, this socialist movement is uh, absurd and just spreading through America like a disease, like a virus. Oh, wait, that's COVID. That's I, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it's still spreading almost like the same thing as COVID. And no matter what you do, you can't get away from it. And uh, as we see the events going on in Cuba, what's going on there? What's the history of it? And it's it's good to see people standing up and actually fighting. And I'm super excited to kind of get the inside scoop of what we can do here in the country and what's really going on down there with our next guest. She's she's an activist. She's she's an organizer. She's a mama three. She's a Cuban American. It's great to have on the program here. Angelique Contreras here with us. Angelique, how are you, my friend? 
I'm doing great, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Yeah, it's great to have you on the program. Now, uh, you mentioned to uh, to me off the air a little bit. Where are you right now? Because this is an ongoing battle. Things are happening as we speak. So where are you right now? So right now, I'm actually uh, just walked out of a, a meeting that's still going on with the Republican National Hispanic Assembly to talk about, you know, the next steps of the things that we can do in our uh, local communities in Palm Beach County. So that's where... I'm at right now. I love it. This is amazing. Talk about, I mean, obviously, um, being down in Florida, which I got to make it down there, and although it's crazy hot down there, I'm sure, right now, so I don't know that I want to make it down there. But uh, talk talk about the issue going on in Cuba and the history of this. I know a lot of people may not know the entire history of uh, the Cuban revolutions and, of course, Batista and then going into the Castros. And, and uh, I, I'll never forget in college the – uh, Latino Student Union, always the head of the Latino Student Union, used to rename himself Che because he was all about Che Guevara. I mean, this is a, a movement that's been long in coming, and I think uh, Cubans are finally sick of the uh, the tyrants down there. Yeah, this ideology of communism has been going on for 62 years in Cuba. And uh, obviously, back in 62 years ago, Batista was in control, and uh, che and Castro came with this idea of uh, socialism and giving, uh, taking from the rich and giving to the poor, and he spread that throughout the community in Cuba, and that's what took place. And unfortunately, my my family lost everything to communism in Cuba, but had that uh, beacon of hope when they were able to to flee Cuba and come to America, the land of the free. Wow. Wow. So they really traded one dictator in for another. And I mean, I remember I remember hearing the stories. Now, I'm not old enough to remember all of this stuff. But I mean, looking at it, watching, I mean, the the piece that tried to come after you can give up your guns because you're not going to need to fight against your brothers and sisters anymore. We're all going to live in happy, harmonious, you know, kumbaya, whatever. That's not the way it turned out, because now we see people eating zoo animals. Yeah, it's unfortunate because obviously they had traded in one dictator for what I believe to be an even worse dictator. As you you know see what's happening in Cuba today, it's literally like a time warp zone from that time. Uh, they're still driving the same exact vehicles. Nothing has been uh, modified or changed with any kind of technology that we have available today. So it's really unfortunate what has taken place and the individuals there in Cuba are still oppressed uh, to this day. Yeah. Do Cuban Americans here see that? Is that? I, I'm sure that's why I'm sure a lot of individuals wanted to come to the United States after getting away from some of that. But are the majority of the communities around where you're at, at least down in Florida, I mean, are they conservative? Do they see this stuff? Are they concerned to what's going on in America in reflection to what's kind of happened down there? Yeah, well, obviously, last year, um, what we went through is a, a, a opening to what socialism and communism looks like in America. And so there's a lot of individuals that come from Venezuela, from Cuba, and from communist socialist countries that are talking about this and talking about some of these policies that are being put in place and some of these things that have been happening across America to to really mirror what communism looks like. So absolutely, there are people that have the conservative views that are going out and, you know, teaching others why that ideology just just does not work, that it's oppressive and there's no way to sustain any kind of future for your family. Why do you think people fall for it so much? I mean, obviously, during the Cuban Revolution, then we saw people go for uh, Castro and be like, all oh, the socialism thing's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Sure, I'll give up my guns. It's going to be it's going to be wonderful. 
it was so easy to fall for it. Now we have a large portion of the population here in America falling for the same thing when Bernie Sanders endorses and says, oh, they got a great health care system. Oh, they got free college. Oh, they got free food. And he goes on about all this free garbage. And people fall for it. Why do you think we're so gullible to buy into this stuff? Well, I think what happens is there is a lack, a lack of critical thinking. I think there's this um, movement of the mob that people believe that what others think or others are doing is the way that they need to go as well. Um, and it's unfortunate that we're seeing a repeat of that. You'd think individuals that have gone through this kind of trauma or have this kind of history in their in their family would be against that. But there, there are people still to this day that have T-shirts of Chen and support um, his revolution and unfortunately that is a, a Marxist revolution and we're seeing that throughout our schools and throughout any of our government entities that are pushing critical race theory and all of these other things uh, that people are getting behind. They're getting behind this movement of, um, of equity and taking from the rich and giving to the poor and um, they believe that that's going to better advance themselves and something that I was taught was when we came here, we had to work for everything that we wanted to create something for our family. And I, I believe people are, are okay with the comfortable just getting what they want without putting in the work that's necessary. Uh, it's so wild. So wild. we'll talk with Angelique Contreras. Talk about your family. How did your family get away from that stuff and actually be able to make it up to Florida? Um, so this happened about uh, 59 years ago. Um, it was one of the last freedom flights that were coming to Miami. My grandmother at the time was actually pregnant with my mother, and um, no pregnant woman was able to travel to America, so she actually went to her doctor and um, had herself bandaged up to look like she was just overweight and uh, stated that she had gotten an abortion so she'd be able to get on this flight with my grandfather and my aunt. And in the air, um, the flight attendants had noticed that my grandmother's legs were actually turning purple and blue. And they came to her and they told her, you're free now. You're in the air. You can tell us what's going on. And she explained to them that her stomach was bandaged up and she was actually nine months pregnant. Wow. Um, the flight attendants at that time then cut her bandages and within minutes her water broke. And then 12 <laughs> hours later, my mother was actually born in Miami, making her the first uh, Cuban-American. Wow. What a story there. That's uh, that's that's a wild one. But it takes what it takes to get here, and, and, and God bless them for doing something like that. Now we're trying to realize that the same fear tactic of what they use down there of winning people over and then completely taking advantage is happening here in the United States. So you guys obviously working down there in Florida, working on the Republican Party down there, working with the community, trying to educate what can we do to make people aware of what's actually happening and wake them up to actually the threats of this socialist movement that's happening down there and up here. Yeah, and I, you know, again, I think that's so important. And you can take, you know, a lot of lessons from people that have lived that history in their life. And I think, you know, giving back to the community is the most important thing. A lot of individuals, um, and we speak about this at our meetings all the time, unfortunately, you have um, organizations that will go out there when somebody becomes a citizen and there's that language barrier. And uh, they're told, well, here, come join the democracy and, you know, sign up and register to vote. That's your, you know, your civil duty. Uh, your civic duty to this country, and when they fill out that application, uh, the same word that matches up with democracy would be, you know, a Democrat. 
So, you know, we're just educating people on individuals that have that faith and family thought first is really a conservative uh, value and that a lot of these uh, Democrats or socialist politicians are are not on our side. They're the same exact enemies that we fought 62 years ago in Cuba that are pushing that ideology here in America today. So that is our main thing is just getting out and speaking with the community and, you know, being there to help them. So when it comes time to vote, they respect our opinion and come to us for that opinion. Yeah. Amen to that. Last question before we let you go, we got just about a minute here before the break, but do you think that the, the riots and the protesting that are going on now in Cuba, is it going to change anything? Do they have a plan in place to try and get rid of socialism or do you think it's going to uh, just kind of uh, put the pressure on them even more? Well, you know, it's unfortunate because we're seeing mass genocide of the Cuban natives. And, you know, I can only pray that what they're doing really is going to bring in change. But I do hope that the people across America and this current administration understand that these individuals need the support of every American and everybody across this country to overtake uh, this socialist country. So what we, you know, what we can do as Americans is just pray that they continue to, to fight for freedom, which is a, a right that's endowed to us since birth. I love it. Every single day. Angelique Contreras, I appreciate the time very much. Get back to your meeting. I really appreciate you stepping out and giving us some time here. Keep up the fight on your guys' end. Let's get you back on the show again here real soon. Thank you so much, Andy. It was a pleasure. You have a great rest of your show. You as well. Appreciate that very much. And there it is. There it is. The activism at the local level. Making it happen. Educating individuals. Getting involved. And making a difference. It's what we do. Love it. That's why we are The Voice Reason. Lots more coming up. One more segment here when we come back. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Wrapping up the program today. Just a few minutes left. Thanks again to Angelique uh, coming on the program. Great story. I love it. And again, second guest in a row. Like, oh, no, I'm stepping out of an important meeting to go and talk to The Voice of Reason. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I appreciate her time very much on that one. What an interesting story to hear. And guess what? Those refugees that left Cuba because they couldn't deal with socialism, they couldn't deal with the tyrants, they couldn't deal with the garbage government that they had, came here, and what are they doing now? They're now activists for the Republican Party. Why didn't we hear about this during the Trump administration? I I know overall the Cuban population in America that are wonderful, by the way, they're predominantly conservative in, in Florida. They're a big Republican stronghold. I get that, but... Good golly, why aren't we touring around all over the place saying this is what you get? I know some are, but then it's the suave Democrats. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's terrible. Just like my accent. It's terrible. Because they just don't get it, so they continue to push for this. Uh, and uh, the story was true, so I was in college. Not going to say what university it was, and I was with the college Republicans, and there were a few different political, quote-unquote, activist organizations, and we'd always do these panel discussions, and they got mad at us really bad, and we'll tell that story a little bit later, but uh, there was the head of the Latino Student Union, and the chairman or the president, whatever it was at the time, of the Latino Student Union at the university nicknamed himself Che. All his emails had Che on it. Uh, he was he wanted to be referred to as Che because he idolized Che Guevara. And we had numerous different panel discussions between the Latino Student Union, the college Democrats, the college Republicans, all of us. We would sit down and have these panel discussions, and we would just rail on Che Guevara being an absolute murderer. He was a tyrant. Uh, he obviously didn't lead, but he was the head of the military putting in Castro in power, and he was a militant tyrant he would raid uh, farms he would pillage the place he would murder the families he would rape the women he would take all the resources and do his thing because he didn't care he was used as a pawn for the castros and he would just destroy the land then castro got into power they're like hey everything's great now turn in your guns we're gonna release the doves everything's gonna be wonderful and hunky-dory because that's the way socialism's presented and then they realize what they got themselves into so thank god for the refugees that came up here uh with the what was it the uh, the flight things that we did sending up it was close to what like three four hundred thousand people that actually came up from cuba during those flights uh to america and luckily she was able to get on there her family was able to get on there and now what are we doing we're being activists in the streets i've told you before that we being the voice of reason we are the catalysts i don't want to lead you and just like oh what do you have to say next andy with your great wisdom because i'm not a very wise man <laughs> in any way shape or form i do my investigation i do my constant uh, commonsensical readings and then we try and give my opinion but i want you to get fired up to do your own research to understand the issues and to go out and get involved I want to be the catalyst to say, wow, maybe I should go run for office. 
Well, maybe I should go knock on some doors for a candidate. Well, maybe I should start educating. I want you to sit down with your family and talk about religion and talk about politics at the dinner table. The two things they tell you not to do. Why? Because when we don't talk about them, we become ignorant to the issues, and therefore we're raising a generation that's not around those issues to understand them to where they'd rather sit on Twitter and follow Kim Kardashian on the Tweety as opposed to understand policy that's going on. Those are important issues. So talk about the politics and the religion at the dinner table. Talk about philosophy. Talk about the issues of the world. Get fired up. Have a debate. Discuss the issues and make people educated and understand how to dialogue, understand how to have a conversation without getting emotional, understand how, understand how to get people engaged in the process to want to make the world better. Because if we did that, we wouldn't have a whole bunch of yahoos going around the country talking about how Bernie Sanders is great, how Cuba is the idea that we need to look towards, and use that as a uh, prop for destroying this country. We have the ability to do that. We have the ability to make those changes. And I didn't get to the other stories I wanted to today, including Governor Cuomo, who's another yeah. But really, what's there to talk about? with Governor Cuomo, we have a major issue in this world right now. People are revolting against socialism, against tyrants, and it's fun to watch. It's great to see because it's about damn time. We're finally making a difference. Governor Cuomo, we know he's a Yahoo. We know that he uh, did what he did, and while he tries to deny it, we have a 165-page report and almost 180 witnesses confirming what he did while he tries to deny it, but he don't care. He's a pawn. The media released it. They're turning against him because they want a replacement that's more progressive. So they're doing a power play. There's nothing new there. Let's focus on the issues of actually trying to save this country from a socialist takeover. And it's starting with the revolution in Cuba because it's filtering up here just like a virus spreading through the air. Oh, wait, that was COVID all over again. Ah, That does it for us today. Podcast going up in just a little bit. Make sure to be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.